welcome to the Awaken Together podcast. I am Jen. And I'm Kat. And today we are going to be talking about the holidays and finding mindfulness through it all. So the holidays can mean a lot of different things to each and every one of us. For some, it's a very exciting time. We might be traveling, visiting with family. There can be traditions involved and a lot of positive memories. And for others, it can be a time of grief and sadness and a lot of trauma around the holidays. But regardless of how you view holiday season, the bridge to making it through is mindfulness. So we are going to talk about all of the things that can help us stay grounded, stay within our body, and make us not get through the entire season and then say, what the heck just happened? I don't even hardly remember what I just even went through, which is where a lot of us end up in January when we just finished holiday season. So I wanted to share first thing first is I really do believe, especially as I've educated myself more on the neurodivergent brain and just the nervous system in general, that a lot of the reason we barely make it through holiday season is because we go through high levels of overstimulation. So overstimulation is our nervous system just staying in that stress mode, that overexcited mode. It doesn't always look like actual stress. It can also look and appear like a heavy levels of excitement, but with a giant uptick of the nervous system, the stress system also comes a deep and heavy crash. And I think we all have experienced that probably in one way or the other. So there's so much excess tied with the holiday season. We see excess in food, excess in how we decorate, and there's just a lot more in our visual field everywhere we go. And there's also just this excess in giving food, making food, taking food, excess in giving gifts, receiving gifts. It's so much different than our regular routine that it is a lot for our minds to take in. That's right. Yeah, it's a lot. Like holiday season just equals excess <laughs> overstimulation, right? And <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I know that I've already started seeing um, things in CVS, in the grocery store, online, catering to Christmas and the holidays. And it's still like a month and a half away. <laughs> but we hope that this episode mm-hmm. is pretty timely with Thanksgiving just around the corner. And then we're, we're really officially in it. We're in deep. <laughs> so hopefully this gives us mm-hmm. some prep time to kind of take a look at like systematically how we're advertised to so that we can bring this state of awareness um, and and kind of slow things down when we're in it to find that mindfulness and stay in the present moment while being rooted and grounded so that we can take in all the good and leave all that doesn't serve us (laughs) aside. So systematically, like thinking about the stores and the advertisements, we are being shown flashy decorations, things that are meant to get you excited. All of the scents, all of the flavors, like cinnamon buns in the oven and turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes, they invoke a feeling within us, right? 
all of the candies and foods, like it's everywhere. The colors of red and green, like all of the senses just on fire. Um, and like Jen said, um, it's, it's exciting, <laughs> but that excitement can also invoke anxiety. <laughs> And speaking of anxiety, a big thing that happens around the holidays is visiting your hometown, being with family. So Jen, um, I, I know my take on, on visiting my hometown and all the emotions that stirs up, but uh, what does this do for you? Yeah, thanks. And I, yeah, I would love to hear a deep dive on yours too. But mm -hmm. yeah, this is, this is actually um, in the Awaken Together mindset, you know, we look at, we want to look at the improvements that we also have from all of the things that we have shared with you along the way. And I've, I kind of use my hometowns as kind of a, a test for myself on how I'm doing. <laughs> so <laughs> if my mindfulness practices are actually, you know, making a difference, it's all this work for my nervous system and awareness of what I do and why I do it. All of this, I get to kind of test in a high stress situation when I go visit my hometown <laughs> in Florida. And, um, yeah, I think, I think the hardest part about going back is, as exciting as it is to see a bunch of old friends and revisit places and see kind of what's changed in your hometown, we tend to get called back to older versions of ourselves, even if um, we've really moved on and changed who we are. People view us and remember us through a certain lens, and they don't often see the, the in-between, the moments of growth, all the work you've done, the therapy you've done, all the add-ons that have changed who you are. You just don't see it that easily. And so when I, when I go back to visit, I, I mean, I have a lot of different beliefs than I did when I first left. So I'm, I'm presenting completely different to the people that have known me one way. And I think I watch myself and I tend to want to go back to older versions of myself, but I've also seen the improvement of that over the years that instead of withholding and showing up a little less authentically, I've kind of said, I'm going to do it anyway. It's a boundary for me to not withhold and then not to just try to make others comfortable and people please just to make it a little bit easier. So I, I've shared a lot more these last several years of visiting what I'm into, what, um, what I do in my day-to-day -day life and what it looks like. And if people give me that face after, then they give me that face after. And I just have to accept it. Um, I think me and my family think very differently these days. And I think they get very worried about the path I'm on often because it's very different than what it looked like and how I was raised. But I know how I feel and that I'm very happy. And because I've been able to really fully integrate that, I think I can hold off a little bit of the anxiety, inner anger, all the real intense triggers that I used to feel, I can actually see a pretty big difference in that. Although I also do a lot of homework while I'm there to kind of keep myself from having an overstimulation, stress mode, trigger mode. So I tend to, yeah, add in space and time, even if it's get a hotel for, uh, a night, you know, in the middle of my visit so that I can recharge for a second. Those are the little things that I've started adding in that can make a difference. So what about you, Kat? Mm -hmm. I love those boundaries. It's so awesome. And everything you shared, I'm like, yup, 
yup, yup, me too. <laughs> like we're so alike yeah. in that way. Um, and I think a lot of what you said, it boils down to me to permission to show up as this current version of you. And I love how you said that so well. And it's a big thing that I've noticed that that's how I'm able to feel like myself when I go back because it can be a lot. It can be really heavy. Certain areas, even in my hometown, trigger old memories that make me go back to that place. Like a, a little bit of PTSD, I think, of like, whoa, what mm-hmm. happened there? I was just immediately <laughs> taken back to 15 years ago, my dark cat days <laughs> where mm-hmm. I didn't really like myself and I didn't really like how life felt. So it can be very triggering to go back to those areas and just have a lot of stuff stirred up. Um, when now all of the work I've done has gotten me to this awesome place where I feel very healed, but I still know that a lot of family members, um, don't fully understand all of that journey and this lifestyle that I live now, which to me is so beautiful and spacious and full of love. Um, I've had a lot of Mm -hmm. people in my family, extended family, unfollow me on social media because of what I talk about and what I preach because it is just so vastly different. So permission to still show up as this version of you as you are now, because everything that you've become has happened this way for a reason. And it's, it's beautiful, the transformation that has happened. So we've grown throughout the years and reminding ourselves of that, I think is a big part of the journey. (laughs) So thinking about that, um, mindfulness, mindfulness is Mm -hmm. the answer to overstimulation, right? You said it before. So we have a few tools to share with you all of in those times when maybe you are traveling and you're with family or just holidays in general and you're feeling a bit overstimulating, overstimulated tools that you can come to in those times. So chances are you might be rushing around a lot. We have a lot put on our calendars around the holidays. So sitting down for meditation might feel extra tricky. And we know that it's all the more important to sit down and meditate when you feel like you don't have time for it. (laughs) But I know Mm -hmm. sometimes it just feels impossible um, when you have so much raciness, so much vata pulling on our last episode (laughs) um, going on in your life to just go into that kapha mode. It can feel like a lot. So here are some tips. Instead of multitasking, try doing one thing at a time. Find mindfulness in your everyday tasks, things that you don't have to add into your life, uh, like carving out space for things that you're already doing. So like brushing your teeth or folding laundry or washing the dishes or driving somewhere, things that normally seem mindless. Notice your sensations within them. How does it feel to be washing the dishes? How does it look? What kind of bubbles do you see? How does it smell? What does the smell of your soap smell like? Taste. Maybe you have a taste in your mouth from something you ate before. How does it sound? Maybe some squishes. So that's what I mean by bringing awareness back and and mindfulness to your everyday actions. And Thinking about can you allow yourself to get so fully into the experience that it even becomes enjoyable, even for just a second, doing your everyday chores. 
So that is one tool. Um, anything to add on that, Jen? Yeah, I love that. And me and Kat are very obsessed with sensory play and sensations in general. But that really is what meditation is, is it's uh, honing in on the senses and in your internal state. I think so much we get yeah we we see this envisionment of stillness and complete silence and that takes a lot of training to have more moments of that a lot of it for me is just honing in on one of my senses at a time and I absolutely love to go outside even if it's cold out I'll grab extra layers extra blankets because nature has such a uh, beautiful sensory input that you can get from it. So going outside, sitting in a chair or yeah, laying out even somewhere. I love taking my yoga mat and laying out if I have like a patio I can go out onto and just taking in the sky, setting myself. Uh, I love to do like three to five minutes of seeing, just focusing on visual. So focusing on what I see in front of me and then bringing awareness to what I hear, closing my eyes, listening to the sounds of nature, which are always very calming. If you did a sensory meditation in the middle of your house, it might not be oh so relaxing as it can be outside. And then noticing what I smell and then noticing what I what I'm feeling. So feeling the earth supporting underneath me or bringing my hands down and creating some form of grounding. If it's not freezing, I love taking my shoes off and putting them outside. I also like love cold months. So it's my Vada. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I think it's nature gives us like such a beautiful sensory scene. So I do think in the middle of the chaos, like going outside and just pausing for a second, even going to do a shorter version of that could be something that you could do in the very middle of the chaos and just say, hold on, just give me a second. Like you are not obligated to show up and be there for every single person on a hundred percent. And I, I have a couple thoughts that popped into my head as we were talking about this, but I had a real epiphany that I thought of um, several years ago that has been really helpful for me in these kind of situations that when I show up a little bit, when I show up more authentically, so I don't show up 100%. So maybe I'm having like a day where I am just dead. I don't feel that good. I don't have a lot of energy to talk. I don't have a lot of energy to be my bubbly, normal gen self. I still try to make myself show up when I'm at quote unquote lesser versions of what I think is ideal gen for social situations. And it really is. There's obviously boundaries with staying in sometimes and letting yourself rest and recharge. But there's also this other way to view it that we do not need to just show up when we're ready to be fully on showing up when we're having one of those mediocre days helps tell everyone around us that they can show up on mediocre days as well. I do think that's a tendency sometimes in certain social situations, maybe even around the holidays, that you have to put on this certain mask and persona and it gets exhausting to keep that mask on all the time because realistically your energy is not going to be able to be fully consistent from the whole experience of when your family comes into town and when they leave, you just can't stay on all that, all that time. So I think it's important to note that as well. And also I want to dive in just to a couple other boundaries to set because boundaries are the way that we can really navigate the world of 
everything being too much and and seeing what our needs are in the middle of that. So maybe you tell your family what you are willing to talk about and what you're not willing to talk about. You don't always have to explain fully what has changed, why it's changed. I tend to do that because I love I love stirring up deep conversations. It's just <laughs> in my blood and I do it. And am I burnt out after sometimes? Yes. Do I probably need to watch this a lot more? Absolutely. But boundaries on what you're willing to talk about and saying that even ahead of time can save you a lot of trouble down the line. Or also, as I said, Maybe you don't stay at the house of your your family where it's going to be so chaotic. Maybe you, you know, pick some meals or some times where you go and find a set or recharge time. Um, and yeah, you can also in the middle of conversations, remember your communication skills and that you are able to say this makes me really uncomfortable. I really don't want to go down that and honoring and speaking out your truth instead of stuffing it so far down and just letting these normal, maybe toxic patterns within your family play out like they always have. You have the power to be able to redirect that with your words as well. Yes. I love that so much. Um, it reminds me of the quote from Ram Das: If you think you're enlightened, go spend a week with your family. <laughs> Very humbling. <laughs> Yes. And I also just thought too, like, this is my new thing very recently. And honestly, it's going to be forever. But I wear noise canceling headphones. And sometimes I just wear my noise canceling headphones in the kitchen, because I'm already can feel that, you know, sense of nervousness. And sometimes I just need the world to be a little less intense and I just will put those on <laughs> that makes a difference um, you know I do my yoga at least three times a week that's been a huge mindful tool for me to go back to and I really try to do any version of yoga even if it's two postures 10 breaths um, three times a week in the middle of chaos as well definitely it's so important moving your body on vacation is like underrated I think it's something that easily gets kind of pushed into the back burner when you get super busy with things but this is important for so many reasons one it's alone time you know if you can get that alone time or if family will move with you like hey that's great for everybody you can kind of inspire people to Very make true. a healthy choice right yeah so moving your body during the holidays um, it's going to Make you feel like yourself, help you release emotions, work through all of that, get back in your body, out of your head. And it's also going to make you more hungry so that your metabolism picks up and you can still process all of the yummy, delicious foods that are put in front of you. Um, mm -hmm. And with that, too. Another tool is circadian walks. So this is a massive, awesome, great thing to do, especially now with daylight savings time. We have less daylight happening. And so it's all the more important to still wake up um, early. And sometimes with that shift, if, you know, before the time change, you're waking up at eight o'clock, your body isn't going to know the difference if you wake up at seven now. One of my clients, I was talking with her this morning and she was saying that it's actually worked out in her favor because she's, she set her alarm for seven. She used to wake up at eight and now she's up an hour earlier, but her body doesn't feel the difference. It doesn't feel 
tired. And so she's able to make the use of more daylight by waking up that much earlier. And it's really important because seasonal affective disorder is a thing. Whether you think you are affected by it or not, we are all affected so deeply by the sun's rays. And at a primal level, we need vitamin D and the sun is a major source of how we're able to absorb that. So um, if you're unable due to your work or what have you to get out in the sunlight for an adequate time, which I'd say is you know, bare minimum 20 minutes a day, um, I would recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Just getting a supplement for the winter months and your body will thank you, your brain will thank you, your mental health. Uh, but really the ideal situation is to get out for a walk. So even 10 minutes outside face in the sun, ideally even without sunglasses for part of it so that your body can fully absorb the sun's rays. Um, even if it's cold out, just bundle up. It's so important. Once, twice a day, 10 to 30 minutes. Doesn't even need to be much longer than that. If it is, kudos to you. That's awesome. But breathing in the fresh air, uh, we are meant to be in nature. We are meant to be outside. And hey, the city is nature too. You're still going to be outside. So take a stroll around the block and just feel the benefits that come to you from that. Awesome. Thank you, Kat. Yeah. And I think another important thing to remember is the first time you are triggered with your family, you notice that a conversation is getting you heated or you're feeling that feeling like you feel deeply hurt. I ask for a few minutes to myself and I go and I put my hands on my body and I try to feel where I am feeling that sense of being triggered. Do I feel it in my stomach, that tightening in my stomach? Do I feel it in my shoulders? Am I keeping my shoulders held way up? Where am I storing that um, tension and, and anxiety in my body? And what I've noticed is becoming aware of it after has started helping me notice it before it even happens. So if I'm in the middle of a conversation, I might mentally feel fine, but I start noticing those signs in my body before my mind even catches up to my body. And so noticing those things can help you dismiss yourself or in the conversation or keep yourself from getting to that point where you're so triggered that then at that point, it's already going to become very hard to not deflect or say something you didn't mean. This is another really important thing to get good at is noticing and developing that relationship with your senses and your inner body to where that can be your guiding compass as well as you move through more chaotic times of the holidays. That is such a wonderful tip, Jen, and such an amazing tool. We all need that self-regulation and the mind-body connection is a fantastic way of, of just helping us realize when we're in that time of maybe fight or flight, being triggered, about to snap, and just kind of reel it in. Be like, okay, this is happening. Awareness, mm -hmm. calm down. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Well, this is awesome, Kat. I hope you have an amazing holiday season and you notice your triggers and you do your self-love and you do all the things to enjoy every bit of Happy it. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We're so grateful for you. Yes. Thank you. Bye, Kat.